2: From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. Today's show features Seth's conversation with comedian Gilbert Gottfried, star of the new documentary Gilbert. He also chats a little more backstage at Studio 8G just for this podcast. But first,
0: let's hear a closer look. Even as the Russia investigation reportedly nears its first possible indictment of a Trump associate, the GOP is insisting on ramming through a radical plan to repeal Obamacare. Without even waiting to find out what it does For more on this, it's time for A Closer Look Of course, with everything else going on Trump has also been preoccupied lately With the North Korean nuclear program And since it seems like threats and sanctions Have not stopped North Korean leader Kim Jong-un so far Trump is trying out a new tactic, nicknames Over the weekend, he tweeted I spoke with President Moon of South Korea last night Asked him how Rocket Man is doing And then today he repeated the nickname, not in a tweet, but in his first speech to the United Nations General Assembly. The United
1: States has great strength and patience, but if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy
2: North Korea. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for
0: himself and for his regime. Why are you calling him Rocket Man? That's not a diss, that's a cool nickname <laughs> You're making him sound like a character from Top Gun Hey, hey Rocky Man, you're on a suicide mission And there's only one way to settle this On the volleyball court <laughs> So Trump is again threatening North Korea with military force Even though that seems to have failed as a strategy so far In fact, as we know, Trump loves talking about the military He surrounded himself with generals Called for massive increases in military spending And during a meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron yesterday Trump talked about how much he loved France's Bastille Day military parade And suggested he might want to replicate it here in the U.S. on the 4th of July It was one of the greatest parades I've ever seen Uh, It was two
1: hours on the button, and it was military might. They had representatives from different wars and different uniforms. We're going to have to try and top it, but we had a lot of planes going over, and we had a lot of military might.
0: Trump talks about the military like a kid who just got home from his first air show. We had a lot of planes going overhead, and one of them did a flip, and another one made a boom, and then when we landed, one of the pilots, he tossed me his sunglasses, and he said, Hey, kid, I'll see you in the skies. And then I said... Thanks, Rocket Man (laughs) Of course It might be a little foolhardy to make plans for next July Considering the speed with which the Russia investigation Is engulfing Trump's White House Yesterday was yet another bombshell About the Russia investigation being conducted By special counsel Robert Mueller Suggesting that Mueller may be close to indicting One of Trump's closest associates His former campaign chief, Paul Manafort
2: Breaking news tonight on special counsel Robert Mueller's case against Paul Manafort. According to the New York Times, when federal agents executed a search warrant on Manafort's Virginia home two months ago, which was reported more recently, the special counsel followed up with a warning. His prosecutors told Manafort they planned to indict him. Quote, Paul J. Manafort was in bed early one morning in July. When federal agents bearing a search warrant Picked the lock on his front door And raided his Virginia home
0: They took binders stuffed with documents And copied his computer files Looking for evidence that Manafort Had set up secret offshore bank accounts They even photographed the expensive Suits in his closet That's right, they photographed his expensive Suits Well Manafort might like to shop at Armani But where he's headed is definitely more of a men's warehouse (laughs) Now the hard nose tactics being used by Mueller Have been described by some as a Shock and awe approach With one former independent counsel saying Mueller's approach is intended to scare people Into telling him the truth They are setting a tone It's important early on to strike terror In the hearts of people in Washington Or else you will be rolled And if there's anyone who can strike terror In the hearts of people in Washington It's Robert Mueller Look at him He looks like the door knocker on a haunted castle Another former prosecutor said The investigation resembled the way law enforcement Has historically gone after the mob Telling the Times they seem to be pursuing this More aggressively, taking a much harder line Than you'd expect to see in a typical white-collar case This is more consistent With how you'd go after an organized crime syndicate And that is so unfair How dare anyone call The Trump administration organized They're basically Come on Organized They're basically running the government like a Roomba. Yeah, we just go until we hit a wall and then go somewhere else. And we suck the whole time. So so with the Russian investigation escalating rapidly, how is the president's legal team responding? Well, yesterday, the New York Times reported that there are internal divisions between Trump's lawyers over how much to cooperate with the special counsel. Trump's lawyer, Ty Cobb, has accused the White House counsel, Don McGahn, together known as Franklin and Stash, of withholding (laughs) sensitive information from the rest of the team. According to the Times, Cobb said to McGahn, he's got a couple documents locked in a safe. The craziest part, though, is how the New York Times found out about Cobb's comments. It wasn't from an interview or an anonymous source. Instead, Cobb was overheard by a reporter for the New York Times discussing the dispute during a lunchtime conversation at a popular Washington steakhouse. The Trump administration is worried about leaks And yet it keeps hiring people Who are the physical manifestation of leaks When they talk It should just be the sound of air Escaping a balloon Now obviously We don't know yet where the Russia investigation will lead, but one thing's for sure, it will continue to infuriate Trump, who remains obsessed with both the 2016 election and, in particular, Hillary Clinton. So much so that he retweeted a video from a fan account over the weekend that made it look like he hit Hillary in the back with a golf ball. And, hey, man, I don't know if you noticed, but you're the one under FBI investigation with approval ratings in the low 30s. If you're going to post memes of yourself golfing, at least make them more accurate. And yet, he was so happy to swallow, he's so happy to eat a golf ball. <laughs> and yet, even with these scandals swirling around a historically unpopular president, Trump's party is still trying to push through his domestic agenda, specifically his promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. The GOP is like your friend who knows only one song on the guitar, and he's drunk and no one wants to hear it, but he's tuning it up again. Republicans are pushing a new bill that is, in many ways, even more radical than previous bills. The new bill would eliminate Obamacare subsidies for private insurance and end the Medicaid expansion. States could allow for waivers that let insurers charge sick patients higher premiums and stop covering certain benefits required under the Affordable Care Act, like maternity care or prescription drugs. Although last week, when Trump first heard about the new GOP health care bill being advanced in the Senate, He talked about it in vague terms and made clear he had no idea what it was.
1: We'll be discussing probably a little bit of health care because I know some information's come to light.
0: Some information's come to light. Every time Trump talks about health care, he sounds like a teaser trailer for a soap opera. Next week on an all-new Trump Care. We had to go with the health care first, and we're doing well. I think we're going to have some great surprises. What kind of surprises? (laughs) This latest attempt to ram through a health care bill that would literally take money away from vulnerable people without letting people know what it would do is why Democrats need to be extremely careful before making any deals with Trump and the GOP. Trump has apparently commented recently that it's much easier to get along with Democratic leaders Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi than with GOP leaders Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. According to Politico, Trump has dismissed Ryan as, quote, a Boy Scout. And complained in private that it's difficult to have any sort of relationship Or even make small talk with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell Oh, I wish I could see Trump trying to make small talk with Mitch McConnell Do you have a gold apartment? I do not, Mr. President Oh Why does your face look like that? Meanwhile, after a meeting between Trump and Schumer, his fellow New Yorker, a congressman who was present, said Trump and Schumer got along so well, it was almost like a love-in at times. And Schumer was caught on a hot mic on the Senate floor, gushing about how much Trump likes the Democrats. And him, in particular, even telling a colleague that his new partnership with Trump would go smoothly. He
1: likes us. He likes
0: me
2: anyway. Here's what I told myself, Mr. President. You're much better off if you can sometimes step <coughs> right and sometimes step left. If you have to step just in one direction, you're boxed. You're off and you're off. You get that, it. oh, it's going to work
0: out. No, it won't work out. <laughs> He'll only be your ally as long as you're useful to him. Haven't you seen how he treats his friends? First, you'll stand behind him at a press conference, and the next thing you know, you're eating nachos and yelling at people at baseball games. <laughs> it's a precipitous fall. Remember, this is still the same Donald Trump who ran a cruel, bigoted campaign who called Mexicans rapists, bragged about committing sexual assault, and fired the FBI director for investigating his administration. In fact, just last week, after an attack on the London Underground, before any details were known, Trump doubled down on his call for a Muslim travel ban. Trump tweeting, the travel ban into the United States
1: should be far larger, tougher, and more specific. But stupidly, that would not be politically correct.
0: And then there was this. We have made more progress in the last nine months against ISIS than the Obama administration has made in eight years. Must be proactive and nasty. Must be proactive and nasty? That's not a terrorism strategy. That's a Prince B-side. <laughs> you know what? Can we actually... Hear a little proactive and nasty. I'm not gonna wait for that
2: ass to come to me. Uh, I'm about to get proactive and nasty.
0: That's it. So one of Trump's closest associates is on the verge of being indicted, and the GOP is trying to ram through a massively unpopular bill that could strip healthcare away from millions. I'll say it again. Donald Trump is really hitting a hole in one. Right into his own mouth. This has been a closer look. Our guest is an actor and comedian who has one of the most recognizable voices in the world. He's the host of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal podcast, which is available on iTunes. He's also the subject of a new documentary entitled Gilbert Which opens exclusively in New York November 3rd And in select cities November 10th Please welcome back to the show our friend
2: Gilbert Gottfried, everybody How are you? Oh, considering <laughs> Yeah. Good Yeah. Good um, I want to
0: ask about this Doing this documentary, you had yeah. to talk about yourself a lot on film. I, yeah,
2: I hated that. But then you had to watch it. I that was horrible. The watching or the talking? Yeah, ev- every part of it. <laughs> I, I, it's this filmmaker Neil Berkeley came up to me and he said, "I've always wanted to do a Gilbert Gottfried documentary," and I said, "Well, you should set your dreams a lot higher." Uh, but then we,
0: he made this wonderful film uh, you, One of the things we found out I want to mention that clip real quick You are a hoarder,
2: it seems Yeah, yeah, I could be on any one of those shows uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, It's like, see, I think mainly Anything I can get for free uh, it, It's If someone came up and I said I've got a carton of sanitary napkins or something I'd go, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure I could find a use for those.
0: <laughs> your children, your wife are in the film? Uh, uh yes. Do your children uh think you are funny?
2: Uh my son, when he was in preschool, uh the teacher said uh he's he's always he doesn't pay attention and he's always trying to crack jokes. And I thought, yeah, I'm gonna really uh Beat him for this, yeah. I don't know where he gets this from. <laughs> and, and she said, uh, where'd you learn how to be funny? And he said, from my daddy. And she said, oh, your daddy's funny? He goes, he's funny at home, not at work. <laughs> <laughs> he heckled you. Uh, yeah. He heckled you to yeah. a teacher. Yeah, I, and I, I have to respect anyone who doesn't admire me as a performer. <laughs> You
0: talk uh, about a couple of incidents where you have gotten in trouble uh, for jokes that you did. Uh, one of them, I believe, is
2: luckily Q- it
0: stayed out of the press. <laughs> yeah, you,
2: you and, have, and it stayed off the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one was you uh, told a 9/11 joke right after, right after 9/11,
2: at a Hugh Hefner roast. Yeah, it was. It was like a couple of days after September 11. People were booing and hissing. One guy yelled out too soon, which I thought meant I didn't take a long enough pause between the setup and the punchline. <laughs> and and then I figure why not go to the bottom level of hell and I go in I tell the aristocrats. Now joke. this is funny.
0: Because we're talking about one documentary, but the telling of the aristocrat's joke led to a different documentary. Uh, yes, about the, the history of the joke. Oddly and, enough. and that was a that was sort that's sort of a filthy
2: joke, yeah. and uh, and it sort of won you won the room back. It, it it showed like in situations like that, people need to laugh. They really want to laugh. I um, in the documentary, there's a part where I'm. Doing a benefit at St. Jude's Hospital, which is by no stretch a funny place. Of course not. It's like a children's hospital. And I went up. I thought for sure this would destroy what I had of a career. And and people were... It did great because people... Desperately yeah. want to laugh And breaking tension is, is sort of the root of, of what
0: it is that you do I want to ask, because the Emmys were were just last night uh, Or two nights ago, I should say You hosted uh, the 91 Emmys uh, Yes And they had to put you on a delay,
2: yes? Yeah, I, I think I think I'm the reason I think before that they didn't have a delay with the Emmys And I'm pretty sure afterwards Because it was the year that Pee Wee Herman uh, he was in a porn theater doing what people do in porn yeah. theaters. He was playing with Pee Wee, and um, and and so I went on stage and I said, "I really sleep better at nights knowing Pee Wee Herman's been arrested. If masturbation's a crime, I should be on death row." <laughs> And how did they know he was masturbating? Did they dust for prints? <laughs> and, and, you know, and right now, and to think that by age 12, I was already Al Capone. <laughs> like, I, you could put a charcoal in my right hand and I'll crush it into a diamond. Tree. And, and uh, I was never invited back yeah. to the yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, they're lost. I promise
0: you it's their loss. We could have used it a couple of nights ago. We all would have been very happy with that. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank Congrats you. on the documentary. Always a pleasure. Right. Thank you. Gilbert Gottfried, everybody. Gilbert, always his
1: life, Live name, tap. Hi, this is Kevin, one of the producers here at Late Night. We're backstage with Gilbert Gottfried, who we're so happy to have on the show again tonight back with us. We're going to get to some of the questions that Seth didn't get a chance to uh, talk about on stage. Gilbert, welcome.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: So you actually host your own podcast, and, and can you give us sort of a description of, of the types of guests that are the favorite ones that you have on your podcast? Uh,
2: I usually like to get these guests that, you know, I grew up watching. Yep. And like, you know, we had on Dick Van Dyke and yep. Cole Reiner, and oh, Bruce Stern right. was on, uh, and and uh
1: Two members of the monkeys and uh-huh. two cat women. <laughs> <laughs> right. You mentioned uh, Dick Van Dyke. You guys yes. actually got to sing a duet together. You sing a lot yes. with some of the guests on your show. Yeah. And Dick Van Dyke told you a story about a nickname that... Uh, yeah, Dick Van Dyke. This is terrible. Like You get their best <laughs> stories
2: once the mic goes off. Right. And when they start going, hey, did I ever tell you? And so Dick Van Dyke said when he was in school... His nickname was Dick Nose, <laughs> and uh, they he said like in school, the teacher would ask a question, and she goes, and who knows the answer? And all the kids would point to him and scream out, Dick Nose, Dick Nose, Dick Nose, Dick Nose. Dick Nose! <laughs> That's something Uh, that you never saw in the Dick Van Dyke show.
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) they steered clear of that. It never made it into
2: their storyline.
1: Did you have any nicknames growing up?
2: Uh God, yeah, not, nothing that witty.
1: Nothing like, yeah, <laughs> nothing like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like when they go uh, Gilbert knows, it would be, no, that doesn't really,
1: <laughs> there's no real wit to that. Right, right. <laughs> Another guest of yours was, uh, you got the chance to talk to Adam West, the original Batman uh, yes. from the television series.
2: Uh, Adam West and and Frank Gaution. Uh, Frank Gaution was the Riddler. And they once went to an orgy together, <laughs> and they started uh, talking up, uh, you know, they started joking with each other. Uh, they, and, you know, he was going, you know, I'll get you, Riddler. <laughs> and they were going back and forth like that. And, and they were kicked out. Because I guess when you're at an orgy, you should
1: take things seriously. <laughs> I guess that's not a laughing matter, an orgy. Right. And the origin of how they sort of ended up, they were just sort of invited to this party that they weren't sure yeah, what it was going to be? Yeah.
2: And, and I, I don't know if the sound effects
1: came on the screen <laughs> like
2: splat, <laughs> squish squirt <laughs> <laughs>
1: right uh another batman character that you had on the show you have a cesar romero story he played uh, yes. the joker
2: i i i told this uh maybe uh once twice or uh-huh. seven thousand times on my podcast yeah gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast now cesar romero uh he played he was a recurring villain the joker uh, on the Batman series, and before that, his career, he was like the Latin lover, mm-hmm. and uh, but in real life, he was gay, and uh, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> and, uh, and what he was into, though, was that he would gather up a bunch of boy toys, and he'd pulled down his pants and underwear, and, we, and the boy toys would fling orange wedges at his naked ass. Okay. Some people have argued it was tangerine wedges, and one person said they think he stood ankle-deep in warm water while doing, but no one is, is arguing the fact that some form of citrus fruit <laughs> was flung full force at uh, Cesar Romero's <laughs> ass. I, I don't know when Caesar Romero woke up one morning and said, hey, you know what be a real turn-on? <laughs> some kind of fruit flung at my ass. <laughs> <head."> right. <laughs>
1: You were on Celebrity Apprentice and uh can you talk about that experience with uh, yes. uh, with Donald Trump and and working yeah. with him?
2: It, it was it was being hosted by the president of the United States. Uh actually it was not Donald Trump. Uh in that season John F Kennedy uh was the host. And and I remember uh President Kennedy saying to me uh uh one day I plan on opening uh, 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 an, an, an airport and it will uh, have my name on it. <laughs> Great. Uh, did you get any sense that he would run that, for, he, would, that he would run for yeah, president? The, the minute the minute I started doing that show, yeah I said, you know the host of this reality <laughs> show on TV, I think should be president. <laughs>
1: yeah, he was such he was so good at delegating and communicating probably yeah. and just being very decisive I, and uh, but, but he's not the first TV host I I
2: predicted would become president. I also predicted Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. Uh would, you know, my fellow American. <laughs> and Great. i predicted he but uh, it was uh they they didn't he didn't get enough votes he didn't yeah no lost no the he
1: lost at the last <laughs> <second>. <laughs> right you're a big fan obviously of old television and, and movies and this documentary sort of gets into that and some of the things that have shaped your career in doing this documentary are there things that you liked sort of looking back at and, and, and remembering about your career? I mean, just the fact that you've been doing stand-up since you were, what, 15 oh, years yeah. old, and you've been doing some bits for a long time. Or there, How do you decide what you put into a set list for the night or based it, on performance? It,
2: it depends. Like, there are some nights where I'm lucky, where something will hit me, and yeah. I'll be able... And then there are those bad nights where I knew I'd been doing something too long when i get out on stage, and I'm like, hey, how many of you watch Bonanza? (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Right. We touched on it a little bit with Seth, but you joked about doing offensive jokes and hearing about it you know, in the press or or online. I mean, how has that changed when you were doing stand-up, you know, back in, you know, the 80s, 90s when the internet wasn't as prominent? I mean, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing to hear well, that immediate reaction?
2: Nowadays, there's no secrets yep. anymore. And there's no, nothing like, you know, back then you could do worse things than you hear about now. And and it would be one of those things, maybe they talk about it in a club for the next couple of days. Yeah. But now, with the internet, I feel like the internet makes me feel sentimental for old-time <laughs> lynch mobs. Because, like, old-time lynch mobs, you actually had to go out, get your hands dirty and deal with other people. Mm-hmm. Now you you sit in your underwear on the couch <laughs> and you form a lynch mob.
1: Right. Are there any sort of, I mean, this is a documentary, are there any sort of uh, favorite documentaries you had that inspired you to agree to this? Or it, how did the documentary come about?
2: It, it was weird. The uh, filmmaker, Neil Berkeley came up to me and he said, we want to do a, I've always wanted to do a Gilbert Gottfried documentary. And uh he he just started following me yeah. to clubs and then showing up at my house and and the movie has shown at a bunch of different places, uh you know, Tribeca and whatnot. And I mean, and it's gotten great reviews yeah. and, and I hate watching it. <laughs> I cannot watch. It's I cringe at every second.
1: Of yeah, it. you had said early on at the beginning of it. It's a great documentary, by the way. It's 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 really fantastic and fascinating. You had said that your life now sort of seems like an episode of the Twilight Zone compared yes. to a, a younger Gilbert. Can you kind of explain that?
2: Uh, I think it's like one of those episodes of the Twilight Zone, which there were many right. of this <laughs> same episode, where you know you you wake up and go. Uh where am I? And they go you're in the White House, Mr. President. But what year is it? Uh. Why it's 1403. <laughs> and um that's what I feel like. I feel like, you know, now I'm I'm married, I have two kids. I have an apartment where the furniture matches <laughs> You know, nothing, you know, the upholstery is not falling apart. Like, what is this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. You've been in so many movies and, and shows. And, you know, I think one of the most memorable parts that you've still had was Iago and Aladdin. I think that's such a beloved oh, yes. character. And you've talked about before um, when your name comes to mind, maybe Disney also doesn't, you know, it's not the first uh, yeah. thing that people <laughs> people might think of. Um, but there's going to be, I'd rather there's going to be a live action remake of Aladdin, but apparently there's no Iago yeah, in the, I, in the, I, the movie. I,
2: I don't think they're going to dress me up in a giant <laughs> parrot outfit <laughs> right. and have me clutch onto someone's
1: shoulder. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. I think that would be, I, I think it's
2: what the movies
1: miss. I think they're really missing an opportunity there. Yeah. So, um, well, great. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show and uh, and uh, come back again soon. And, and, and again, the documentary opens November 3rd in New York and then November 10th in select cities. Uh, yes. Great. Great. Gilbert, thank you so much. Thank you. All right.
2: Want more Late Night with Seth Meyers? Be sure to follow the handle at Late Night Seth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. You can also watch full episodes of Late Night at LateNightSeth.com or on the NBC app. And please tell your friends who are fans of Seth Meyers to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.
0: This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist... Dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.